This is a podcast from Cambridge Assessment. For more downloads, visit cambridgeassessment.org.uk. Thank you very much. Or anything else you want to read. Thank you you very much, and thank you very much for inviting me to speak today. I'm going to talk a little bit about um, our research paper, and the the link to it is at the end of the the presentation. But um, I'm happy to, you know, send anybody a summary report if anybody's interested. Um, um, Okay. So, what what were the issues? Well, in England, uh, 12% of primary school children do not speak English as a first language, um, referred to as non-native speakers. Um, And the number number of non-native speakers has increased by one-third between 2003 and 2009. Um, So the question we were interested in is, does this matter for educational attainment for native English speakers at the end of primary school? And this is just a picture. We, in our paper, we look, we particularly divide people between non-white ethnic origin and white ethnic origin. And that's just to show you a graph of the percentage of children in year six who are non-native speakers uh, between 2003 and 2009. Um, and this is just to show you the ethnic backgrounds of um, people who, um, native English speakers, who, people who speak English as an additional language, um, 2003, 2009. There hasn't really been much change over those over time in the uh, proportions of, of eth- different ethnicities. But just to show you that um, there is some some diversity. So n- obviously, native English speakers aren't all um, you know white. There, there's a whole all, all the, the ethnic minority minorities are represented. Um, and this is the percentage of children who are non-native in, uh, speakers of English and of white ethnic origin. And there you show, uh, in particular, there's been a sort of um, acceleration uh, from 2005 onwards, and this is the impact of Eastern European enlargement. Um, and this is um, the percentage of white non-native speakers by school type, because it's something that we particularly were interested in in the paper, that um, a lot there was a disproportionate increase in demand for Catholic schools because... Um, a lot of the people from Eastern Europe, are, of course, are from Poland, which is a very Catholic country, and that this is something we wanted to use in our analysis. I'll, I'll say something, that's a little thing about that later. Um, so this is the average characteristics of pupils in each year group um, in 2009. Um, so I suppose the main thing I want to emphasise here is that um, non-native English speakers uh, are, are more, more likely to be eligible for free school meals um, so they're from um, more socioeconomically uh, disadvantaged backgrounds themselves. Um, and also to say that, of course, by the end of Key Stage 2, their scores in English reading, and, uh, reading writing and maths will be uh, lower than um, uh, native English speakers by, um, by something. Although within maths, um, actually, they, there's much more um, similarity. So it's, it's more in reading and writing that they fall behind. Uh, relative to say maths, um, and this is the um, more on the. Um, this is just the the school characteristics. Um, I think, yes, I did. This is the school characteristics of within each category. And the, the thing I'd really like to draw your attention to here is that people who don't speak English as a first language are more likely to go to schools in more disadvantaged areas. That they go, they're more likely to go to schools with a higher proportion of of uh, people on free school meals relative to native English speakers. And that's quite important for the analysis. 
So what did we do? We look at the National Pupil Database, which is a census of all pupils in state schools between, uh, between 2002 and 2009. 2002 is when it starts. And we link that to the school-level data sets. So we have information on whether students have English as their first language, their free school meal status, their key stage two, their key stage data from the years that they, that's there, um, and school level information as well. Um, okay, so what do we do? We look at the association between the percentage of non-native English speakers in year six and the key stage two, two attainment of native English speakers while at the same time taking account of detailed characteristics. That's one of our strategies. And then the second thing we do is we look at whether schools that experienced an influx of white non-native English speakers after enlargement also experienced a disproportionate change in the attainment of native English speakers at the end of um, uh, primary school. So in other words, we saw in the, in the graph that I showed you that Catholic schools had a large increase in the percentage of non, white non-native English speakers did they also see a, um, a, say, a disproportionate fall in the, in the attainment of native English speakers at the end of primary school? And that was the question that we were looking at there. So what do we find? Well, when we look at the raw data, there's a negative association between the percentage of non-native English speakers and the percentage of native English speakers if we don't control for anything. Now, that negative association goes away completely when we put in minimal controls for the characteristics of native English speakers. Why? Because non-native English speakers go to, to more disadvantaged schools on average. As soon as you take into that into account, that negative association goes away. So what we conclude is that there is no association, on average, between the percentage of non-native English speakers in your year group and in primary school and the attainment of native English speakers. Okay. So why? Why do we find this and there's no association? Well, two possible explanations. Schools are very well equipped to deal with increasing numbers of non-native English speakers and they organise things such that there's no negative impact on native English speakers. In other words, it's not that there isn't a challenge and it isn't difficult, but you do it very well and you have the resources to do it. And that's why when, when researchers like me look at data, you don't see any neg negative impact. The second possibility, uh, not mutually exclusive, is that non-native English speakers uh, may have less good language skills, but they uh, catch up fast. And often their parents are very motivated um, because, you know, that's why their parents have immigrated and they, they're often very, very well educated. Um, and um, that may offset any disadvantage they have in terms of a language. Now, this paper doesn't say that um, there aren't case studies and there aren't examples of schools that have had exceptionally difficult problems and where it has an impact. This is just looking at things on average uh, across the country. But we have broken things down in various groups and it's much the same story no matter how we cut the data. So personally, I'm quite convinced by this that it, it isn't something that we should be really worried about um, in terms of increase, uh, of having more, more students in our schools that, that don't speak English as a first language. Okay. Thank you very much. This is a podcast from Cambridge Assessment. For more downloads, visit cambridgeassessment.org.uk.